You're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 26, Why You Need to Collect Emails for Your Business, with our special guest, Christina Berrigan. On this episode, we are talking about email marketing. And before you sit there and tell me that you don't need an email list for your wedding business, we're going to tell you you're wrong. And we're going to walk you through the why, the how, and Christina's got some freebies for you at the end. So let's go, wedding rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready, because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here joined, as always, by Renee Dallow. Hello, Renee. Hey, hey. Uh, today, we are talking about a subject that I personally really enjoy as a social media strategist because even though I talk about social media all the time, I also talk about this topic all the time because I feel like this is even more important than growing your social media accounts. Uh, we're going to be talking about email marketing and why you need to be collecting emails for your business. And I can already hear all the wedding pros saying like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Give us 30 minutes and our guest today will tell you exactly why you need to. So uh, today we are welcoming Christina Berrigan from Posh P&E Floral and Event Design on the show. Welcome, Christina. Hey, girls. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. We're excited to have you. Yeah. So Christina, before we get into email marketing, which is something that you are doing really, really well, uh, just give us a little background on your business, how you got started in the wedding industry, what your business Posh p is all about, and uh, why you love email marketing so much. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So I started way back in 2005 is when I started my really small boutique uh, floral design business. And really, it just kind of snowballed after there. I had zero formal training. My mom and I just kind of went with the flow. Um, back then, you know, there really was no social media. There was really nothing. So I had to learn everything the hard way. And so it wasn't until 2010 when email marketing kind of landed in my lap and I just kind of ran with it. I started teaching myself, get, finding as much information as I could find out there, which wasn't too much, and really trying to figure out how I can incorporate it into my wedding business, um, which is floral design. And at the time, we also did Linens, linen rentals to like corporate um, and not just weddings, but also corporate events and special events. And so there was a lot on my plate. And not only that, I was a full-time teacher at the moment as well. So um, I needed to figure out a way to, to sell much better than just a website. And so email marketing was kind of the, the buzz I was hearing out there and I wanted to somehow inc incorporate it in my business. And so baby steps. <laughs> I still can't believe that you had I mean, I the, the full-time teaching gig and then Posh Pini on the side, it's like, I feel like, how did you even do that? Like, I'm so, I'm always so impressed when I hear your origin story. It's like crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was 21 at the time. I just got Whoa. my teaching credential. Yeah. So I started teaching 21, super young. Um, and my mom is the creative one. And this is where it all happened. She would make floral arrangements and 
um, people started asking us for parties. And then one thing led to another and people were referring us. And so then I got this bright idea to start a business. And, you know, like I said, I had to learn everything the hard way because I had zero business experience, zero marketing. I mean, nothing. I just kind of went with it. And so, um, balancing both things was really, really hard because I was a brand new teacher and I had no idea what I was doing in my business. And so uh, fast forward to 2010 is really when things started to make sense. I started incorporating systems and processes in my business to order, in order for me to do both, you know, be a full-time teacher and try to, you know, run this business and grow this business at the same time. Wow. That's really impressive. So basically you're, you're a self-taught email marketer as well. Yes. <laughs> I think it's just the teacher in me. I don't know. I, I like to learn. And so I research and learn and research and learn. <laughs> well, you made a good point that this was before social media was the big thing that it has become. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone, every marketer, online marketer was really focused on their email list. And then it kind of fell by the wayside when Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram started popping up and people started building audiences there, which... I'm all for, of course, but you also, you know, can't control those platforms. So you have to be growing your email list. You have to be collecting those emails because if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, how are you going to reach your followers? Exactly. So this brings us to, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, <laughs> this brings us to discussing why wedding professionals should maintain an email list in the first place. So obviously one reason is because if social media went away, you need to have a way to reach your fans. Mm -hmm. uh, but Christina, why do you think it's so important for people specifically in the wedding industry to, to grow that list? Yeah. And it's, and specifically right now in this time, because it is really hard to captivate our market these days, their attention span is very short. And if you don't make, you know, if you don't make an impression right away or connect with somebody right away, they just don't trust you. And they don't really, you know, nobody wants to buy from somebody they don't trust. Right. I'm sure you've heard that before. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's same thing with email marketing. Um, this is the opportunity to really establish who you are, what your business does, what kind of services you provide, and just build that no like trust factor, which is another term out there that's been, you know, being used as well. And, and so being able to grow a list in not just whatever product you're selling, but service-based products like us, wedding professionals is super, super important today. Um, so that you can really get on that been that beneath that level, just not surface level anymore of who, what you do and who you are, but just really getting to know clients and connecting with them to build that trust. I love it. Christina, can you, okay. Cause I know what people are saying right now because the wedding industry is like someone hires you and then they don't need you again. You know what I mean? Like a, One a time, couple, yep. yeah, a couple is not going to need a wedding planner or a wedding photographer or a florist for probably any other event in their life. So I want to ask you, this is kind of maybe twofold, but I want you to maybe talk about what you're doing with your lists and why it's important to try to keep brides and grooms, try to keep in contact with brides and grooms. Okay, perfect. Well, let me start. There's three pieces to this. Okay, so the first one I've, I already mentioned is the nurture of your clients. So the moment that you get a lead, um, you know, somebody reaches out via your, you know, your website, or even just a phone call, you're able to put them through 
what I like to call a nurture series. Okay. And so this is where you really get to establish yourself, your business and, and establishing that trust and building that, you know, relationship. So that's the first thing. Um, if you're, if you can't do that, just right away, which is really hard to do on social media. You can't just post a picture and be like, okay, I'm buying from her. Like she's, she's an amazing florist. I need to have her now. I'm going to spend, you know, $5,000. So, um, <laughs> you know, and that was the problem. You know, I was telling my, my leads, this is what I cost without building any sort of trust or relationship. And they would just were price shopping me and they would move on and they, I wouldn't book the sale, but it wasn't until I started putting them through this, you know, through the series where I was getting to know them and building that trust factor is when they really started to see me on a whole nother level, because I was also educating, which is the next point. I was educating them on how my, my business works, my process for design, my, my pricing structure, like basically selling the value of what I do is not just, you know, what I do, but why I do it. And when people started to connect and really just appreciate all of the educational pieces I was handing out and the resources, that is when, you know, just another level of trust was built onto the nurture. Okay. And so I was giving them all this free stuff. So they're right then and there, they wanted to, you know, give me a chance per se, I guess you could say. Um, and lastly, it's just the selling factor. It, it's like once you can do that, nurture and educate and give away all of this valuable information, they're, they're, those leads now become warm leads, so they're easy to be sold to. And so that was what was happening with my clients. Now that I was telling them, okay, well, your magical day is going to cost you know $5,000, they had no problem spending that money because they knew the value was there and they could see the value. So walk me through what it looks like if I'm a potential client and I... I, you know, fill out the inquiry form on your website. What does that nurture sequence look like? And how, how many emails do they get? How fast do the emails come? Like, what does it feel like when you're on the client side of that? Okay. So the first email is a, a right away email to automated and they basically just say, I say, thank you for reaching out. Um, I'm Christina and I tell them a little bit about me and my business and what I do. And I let them know that they're going to receive five additional emails that are going to share, you know, resources, information about wedding flowers and, and what, you know, why I do business and how I do business. So it's really just kind of setting them up for this automated series that's going to hit them tomorrow and they're not going to be surprised about it and they're not going to unsubscribe hopefully. Um, and then the next few emails is really just a process which, um, my nurture series has that process where I'm educating, I'll, I'll present a, a problem and I'll tell them the, you know, like for example, the budget is usually the biggest objective um, or ob objection in the business. Usually they want to know pricing right away. And so I will tackle that in the next email and say, why are wedding flowers so expensive? And I explain why. And I give them a little checklist on the wedding flowers they should be talking about at their consultation or whatever it might be. Um, and then the next couple, the next, uh, there's a total of six emails. So the next two emails, same thing, are just valuable resources, information that they can use for their wedding flower planning. Okay. And then it's not until the fourth email that I welcome the invitation to reach out for a consultation. 
So I asked them to, and I gave them that call to action um, because I want them to, to, to not only first establish that I don't want to be too salesy in the first three emails or so, because then it just turns them off and they'll, you know, if, if they hang out till the fourth email and they're ready to, to, you know, even talk to me or have a conversation, then they get that link to my schedule or to schedule a call or just, just an email, just to ask me a question, even to get that process started. And then the fifth email is basically the same thing, just sharing, um, the opportunity to connect with me on Instagram or whatever it might be to follow me. So my thing is five to seven emails. I've tried them all. I think seven is too long, mm-hmm. but I think five is that magic number. And it just really keeps, because you're doing it every day. I don't space them out. Right. It's so an every one email from you a day at the same time every day. Um, you know, I kind of spread them out usually early morning. Cause I find that people are checking their email in the morning most of the time. Um, and if they don't get to it that morning, then they're going to get to it eventually that evening and they'll still be there. So, um, yeah, I would just kind of play with the times, but m- usually for me, it's nine o'clock at nine in the morning, or even I've done some at 7am, which worked well, but, um, I sometimes between seven and nine is when I do mine. So I love this, uh, I love this philosophy because I know, you know, for me in a service-based business, I'm a wedding planner. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get someone to get on the phone with you right away because they're like, well, I don't know mm-hmm. you. What do you want? You're going to sell me something. But what you're doing is saying like, here's a little bit, like you're literally saying, here's everything you need to know about me. Mm-hmm. Now can I, now can we talk? And th- by then they're going to know if they love you or if they don't, like they're already going to know. Exactly. And you're qualifying, essentially you're qualifying yourself as a, you know, this type of wedding florist or professional. And then you're also, you know, through the education pieces, you're also finding out if this is even worth your time, if this is your ideal client in the end, because if they don't value the information you're sending over, then they're not your client. Because for me, I, you know, people that I want to work with value my time, my my skill and my, and they trust me. Yeah. So if they can't do those things that I don't want to do business with those people. And if they unsubscribe or don't even, you know, reach out at all, and they just wanted to price shop me, then I, then I know right then and there that I don't have to waste my time. I have a question about that mm-hmm. because while you were going through this, that's what I was thinking was, I remember thinking back to planning my own wedding and thinking like, I just wanted pricing from people, Yes. <laughs> which means that perhaps I was not your ideal client. But have you ever had someone who just like responds to your first email and just says, I don't want all your emails. I just want your prices. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, I have. And it's totally. What I do you totally, say? Yeah. So I say um, in order for us to start talking about pricing, this is my process. And so the next step would be a questionnaire. And so my questionnaire is very extensive. In order for me to formulate some sort of a design or even see if we're a good fit and all of those things, they have to fill out my questionnaire. If they don't fill out the questionnaire, I don't even, I won't move on to pricing. I just don't. Okay. And I have made, I've made that business decision a long time ago because when I started handing out brochures with my pricing, I would just never hear back. And so, and, and back in that time I had to manually send brochures and it was just a lot of time on my end. But now, because you have so many automation tools that can just do that for you. Um, and like I said, everything, everything is so fast paced today that it's really hard to capture the, the, uh, attention of somebody. So I don't like to do that because then they're just price shopping and they don't, you they don't really give you the opportunity to sell your worth and everything that goes with it. They're just, you know, basing their decision on dollar signs. I agree with you. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast and like every single episode about learning how to sell your worth versus your price. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this email nurture sequence does such a great job 
of that for you that I'm literally sitting here going like, how can I do that for my, I know my mind is like blown right now. Like that's so good. Yeah. It's, it takes, it was a process for me to really just hone in and figure out how to keep their attention and just how to keep them from unsubscribing, because that's the first thing that someone who is not your ideal client is going to do. You know what I mean? Or if they don't find anything you're saying valuable or don't have that connection with you from the first email, then they're going to unsubscribe. And and I just had to accept that that was not my ideal client. Cause you can't please. No. Them and that's the one thing about email marketing that I think it's hard to wrap your brain around is that it actually isn't necessarily about the size of your list. It's about how many people are on that list are engaged. Exactly. And so if they want to unsubscribe, it's like, okay, great. If you got my freebie and that's all you wanted and we're good, then okay. Like I, you have to say like, I'm not for everyone. I just want to like say that out loud for everyone who's listening. Like we want you to grow an email list, but we want you to grow an email list of like raving fans, not just people who are on your list thinking, who is this girl? Exactly. That's exactly right. Cause you know, not everyone out there is our client and we have to just accept that. And I think a lot of people have a hard time when people tell them no, and they don't book with them and they get really offended and they they're hurt because their time was wasted. Like it's going to happen. It just always is going to happen, but we need to just learn that this person was probably better off without us anyway. Yeah. And I also think with this nurture sequence that you have, I would imagine that your time is being wasted far less than it used to be. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't have to do this manually anymore. Thank goodness for, you know, I use um, ConvertKit as my choice of email marketing platform. And so this system itself is just really kind of sends everything on its own. I don't have to worry about it. So tell us how, for everyone listening who's now thinking, oh my God, I should do this. Tell us how, how do we start? How do you start building a list? All right. So the best way to do it, obviously, is going to be organically because, you know, but if the budget doesn't allow you, you can't really run ads to build your list. But for me, I've never had to pay for an ad um, for my posh peony business. I do it for my educational business. I do. I've done that before and it helps tremendously to, to run an ad and collect, you know, email lists that way. But for those of us that are just um, starting out, obviously the best thing you can possibly do is do your web, use your website, really leverage your website to build your list. And this is going to be in the form of a lead magnet, or even some people call it an opt-in form on your website. Um, and just really giving the opportunity to collect email addresses in exchange for something of value. And so if you are out there right now listening and you think to yourself, oh, I have a a little opt-in on my website for my newsletter, that's great. That's First of all, that's great because that's like the first step. But the second step to consider is to really change that wording. Um, Personally, newsletter for me never worked. And if I go to people's websites now, I don't care about a newsletter. I care about a freebie of some sort that's going to answer a pain point or it's going to captivate me or teach me something, you know, something of value. And so on your website today, you know, you can start thinking of ideas of what are the biggest pain points of your market. So for me, I'm a floral designer. The biggest pain point are is budget. And so a lot of brides don't want to spend a lot of money on flowers because, you know, they have all of these um, connotations of flowers and and usually they're negative. They're going to die. They're like, why waste all this money, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I have to convince or I should say I have to nurture them to understand that flowers are valuable and they're going to add beauty to their wedding. And so the pricing is a really good topic to talk about. And so I gave out a, a design guide and it just really shows the price points, the different price points to achieve the type of wedding they want. And when you have brides sending you an email saying, hey, I want the sky, the moon and the stars, 
but my my budget's a thousand dollars, then you know well, you get this a lot, right? You yeah. know that they wanted something grand and beautiful, but they either a don't have the money or b they don't know what things cost. And so my design guide was educating them on what things cost. So if your budget is a thousand dollars, this is what a thousand dollars looks like. I love that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, well, because no one's doing that. No one's saying like, for $1,000, this is what your centerpieces and bouquet would look like. This is the mm-hmm. scale of them. People have a problem with scale. I find my clients don't understand like, yes, we can lower your floral budget, but then everything will be smaller. There will be exactly. less. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we can do $1,000, but this is what it's going to look like. And so that was very helpful. Um, Offering that lead magnet or opt-in form on my website collected lots of leads that were brides or couples looking for wedding flowers. And so I would get their email address. It would throw them into my email marketing. At the time it was MailChimp, but now it's um, ConvertKit. And it would spit out my, you know, my nurture series that they would go through for five days. And, um, you know, it would turn into a call or appointment or even a booking. So different different, different um, calls to actions in those emails would connect either as an appointment or even just follow me on Instagram or even go read this blog post, you know, so they got the education, they got the value. I have a a logistical question for you. Mm -hmm. When someone inquires on your website and goes through your inquiry form, does it automatically sync up to ConvertKit and put them through the, this nurture sequence, or do you have to manually do any of it? Yes, it does. So with ConvertKit, I use HoneyBook as my lead form. So HoneyBook is connected to ConvertKit. And so when HoneyBook, and I forgot, don't quote me on this. I don't know if they're directly connected or if I had to use um, a connection service like Zapier is what I use, I think is what I use to connect my HoneyBook to ConvertKit. So every single lead that comes through on my HoneyBook goes into a list called brides in my convert kit. And so then when I write these emails out or this nurture series, it's telling convert kit to send it only to the brides list. So everything's segmented. That's awesome. When, if someone books you, do you take them out of that list and put them into a different list? So if they are, let's just say they book me, which has never happened. No one's ever booked me before that five day series is over. Um, because my process takes that long. So once they go into my sales process or my, I should call it my um, consultation process, it takes time, you know, so I send over the brochure and then they have, they, if they answer right away, then they get my questionnaire. And usually they don't answer that right away because it's really long. Um, But that takes like at least four to five days to get through or not four to five days, three to four days to get through before we even get to a phone call. So usually by day four, they've, they're already got one more email coming their way. And so I don't bother taking them out. And it's usually just like a, a, it's not a sales pitch on email five. So I don't have to worry. It's just more like, Oh, like, I hope this was helpful. And, you know, if you want to hear more about us, click here to my blog or here, go over here and follow us on Instagram. Cause we're, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff and that's it. So I don't have to worry about taking them out before I did, because my series was seven days and it was taking too long. Okay. So does that mean you never send an email to that group again? I never send a nurture series to them again. So the nurture series is a one-time deal. And then I will send promotional things to that list. So like bridal, so if they're my clients, what I do is actually segment them into another list called brides, like my current brides. Okay, I guess that was my question. Yeah, like how do you, like if you, because if you want to keep selling to the people who haven't booked you yet, I could see how if someone hooked you, they would be like, why am I getting these emails? I already love you. I told you I love you. Okay. So you have a segment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have to segment them out as your 
brides or they, if they unsubscribe, then you don't have them on your list anymore. And that's, that's kind of what I do. So, but yeah, so those current brides that do become clients, I, I eventually send them an email about bridal showers. And then eventually after their wedding, it's, it's baby showers. And so there's always this kind of like, I keep myself top of mind. And I also have a referral program. So after their wedding, I send them out the referral program, which allows them to earn some credits or some money, I should call it towards um, gift cards if they refer their friends and they book me. So I'm always pitching them but not like every day, <laughs> you know, it's like every few months they'll heal from they're hearing from me. Um, but you know, we become such great friends that they follow me on Instagram, they, you know, and vice versa. And we have that connection. And so I'm able to, when I send an email to them, they're usually happy to hear it, hear about it. And they don't unsubscribe, but you know, it happens too. Like get some brides that just unsubscribe because they don't think they'll never, you know, need me again. So that's totally okay. I just think it's so interesting because I know a lot of people think, well, like I said, at the top of the show, when you have one client and that's it, they're done. But you've developed this system where you keep in touch with people and you you not only keep in touch with your clients, the people who hired you, but you keep in touch with the people who didn't hire you. And that's like amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I've even taken it a step further. I've segmented, you know, segmenting can go on like a whole topic on its own, but the brides that that have been on, that went through my nurture series, but didn't book me, but are still on my list. I'll eventually send them promotions as well. Like, Oh, 10% off or, you know, black Friday, blah, blah, blah. So it's just an opportunity to grab the attention of those brides that didn't contact me or just maybe missed it completely. And so it's like giving them a second chance at, you know, working with me. Um, and then those that just ultimately don't open any of my emails because maybe they gave me a wrong email address or just, whatever reason, I just completely um, remove them from the list because I don't want to keep paying for them. You know what I mean? So um, there's different things you can do there. What I love about your approach, Christina, is that I think when we, when we talk about email marketing in the wedding industry, everyone has it in their head that they have to send out this like monthly newsletter of what's been going on in their business. And you haven't mentioned that once. No, because I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? And and we hate writing them, and I don't think people like reading them. So I love that you're not even, that's not even part of what you're doing. No, no, that I just, I used to do that and it didn't work. Like, I don't feel the open rates were very low for something like that. I didn't have enough content to really deliver on a weekly basis. So a week, that's why I say newsletters on an opt-in is really pointless because nobody cares. And so, um, the best thing to do is just give away content and try to convert those, those leads right away as soon as you can within a, a, a welcome or a nurture series, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the other really good thing I've, I didn't mention was building your list through social media is also excellent. And so when you on Posh Peony, for example, I will post something on Instagram, whether it be a workshop or I'm giving away whatever. Right now I'm actually doing an inventory sell. I'm selling a lot of my product. And so what I was doing to build that list, because I didn't want to do it through ConvertKit because these are just, you know, emails that are going to be very temporarily. Um, I used the question uh, gadget, whatever that thing's called on Instagram stories, where you can ask a question and people can, or you can ask a question and people can input an answer or ask you a question, that thing. So I was using that by, um, making that an opt-in form. So I said, Hey, if you guys want my inventory list, put your email in the box below and I will send it to you on Monday. And so I got tons of emails. I kind of hate myself for doing it that way. Cause I didn't think I was going to get that many, but, um, now I have to manually, you know, I have to manually go and input all these email addresses myself now, but I need, at least I know that these are warm 
leads that want my stuff. They want to buy my stuff, you know? So doing that on Instagram, if you don't have a swipe up feature to link to a lead page of some sort, then just do that little question box is super helpful. Or even just a direct link in the link in the Instagram profile leading to a lead page is also good. Or if you use Linktree, that's another great place to put an opt-in in there as well. Yes. Um, and also on your Facebook page, you can do it on Facebook it has call to action buttons that you can, you know, link your, your um, convert kit to. I do that actually. My convert kit is connected to Facebook as well. And um, my, my um, opt-in on Facebook is the design guide. So they can click on it to download it and it takes them to ConvertKit landing page. So everything, every opportunity that I can do for free, I take it. And these have been the best things for building that list. I love this. And also you didn't mention Pinterest, but back in episode 17, mm. when we had Jessica Carrillo on, she was talking about also doing like a Pinterest graphic for your opt-in and linking it to your ConvertKit or MailChimp as another free way to do it. So don't forget about Pinterest, y'all. Yeah, that's amazing. Any content upgrade is awesome. So if you're also really great at blogging, then connecting a content upgrade to those blog posts is also gold. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, this is probably also a really good time. And we probably should have said this closer to the beginning. But just to remind everybody out there that you cannot add people to your email list without their permission. Correct. Oh, yes. I feel like definitely we talked we've <laughs> talked about this on prior episodes probably many times because I've said it a lot. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get added to the most random list because I gave someone my business card at a at a networking event or at a conference or something. And I'm just like, no, you cannot do that. So since we're talking about email list, I just want to make sure that we remind everybody that that is not allowed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, here's here's what I have to say about that also, because I know that everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people in this industry go to bridal shows and they invest in bridal shows and then they end up with these huge lists that they give away usually. Um, the best way to leverage that list, because yes, it is not allowed to do that, is to just send a one-time email to all of these yes. email um, people just saying who you are, what you do, and if they would like to continue hearing from you, have them opt in then and there. Um, and that gives you the permission to continue emailing them. And that way um, you don't have to get in trouble and you could still, you know, essentially try to sell to them. Yes, absolutely. And don't forget to BCC all those email addresses. Oh, when you send out your email. oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Please don't CC. Nobody wants to CC. So Christina, what are some other best practices for email, email marketing? Okay. So best practices, honestly, for me, the biggest thing as someone who loves to be on email list myself, I, I expect value. So just give value, try to be as strategic with every single email that you send and not fill it with a bunch of fluff. That's going to be meaningless in the end. Um, really try to personalize those emails. Also have them sound like you as much as possible, speak their language. Um, the last thing they need is corporate speak where they don't really understand what, you know, a, a boutonniere is. Some people might not even know what that is. So for me, I have to really break it down. Like, what is a pew? You know, what is, <laughs> what is, what is a swag? Like, okay. So like really explain yourself when you're, when you're communicating what you do in your services. Um, and just really focus on treating them like real people. I think it's the biggest thing because when you try to speak to just one one um, avatar, it's it's not going to work. It's like everybody else is just, you know, they're not going to trust you if you're talking to them like an automated series. So make sure you personalize wherever you can. Awesome. Great tips. Thank you so much. I, I feel like our time together just flew by, but we are at the 30 minute mark. So oh, 
what yeah i know it went so fast i feel like i feel like no one's even listening still because they are all are trying to get their email set up and they're furiously taking notes oh my god i gotta sign up for convert kit (laughs) (laughs) christina thank you again so much i feel like there's just so much value in this episode and people are really going to start thinking about setting up their email list so real quick before we wrap up let everyone know where they can find you so your website your instagram facebook wherever you want people to find you and uh let us know how they can find out more about email marketing with you Awesome. Yeah. So everything's really simple at Posh Peony is my handle for everything. Um, website is poshpeony.com. And I actually um, would love to help everybody out there get started with my nurture series email template. So if you guys want to take advantage of not having to overthink how this actually looks and how it's going to work for you, I have some templates for you absolutely for free. Um, those are going to be located at bit.ly slash nurture series templates. And you just go ahead and go to that page and it'll, um, you know, give you give me your email. I give you my templates. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that value with all of our listeners. Thank you. And of course, the show notes will have all these links for you. We'll link to ConvertKit. We'll link to HoneyBook. We'll link to MailChimp. Anything that you would need to get started, we'll link to Christina's website and her free email templates for you guys. Um, So yeah, so be sure to go to rockyourweddingbiz.com to find those templates. And join us in the Facebook group this week where we're going to be talking about how to start our email lists and we'll be walking, holding your hand, walking you through it. Yeah. So be sure to find us on Facebook at Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. All right. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.